Hey y'all, I hope today is going very well for you guys. And today on Now That's Life with Dr. Nina, we're going to discuss something that's been highly requested. We're going to discuss the downs of rejection and how we can begin to heal from the sting and oftentimes what seems to be a punch that we feel when it happens to us across different parts of our lives. I'm talking about our friends, our family, careers, any jobs we've applied for and more. But hopefully, I hope <laughs> personally that these things can continue to help us build a growth mindset, right? Instead of that fixed mindset and help us to become more well-equipped in life while building more positive relationships and focusing on our standards and thoughts of ourselves. And I don't want today to just be a bitter note of rejection, but we're going to also talk about how we get to the next side of rejection. How do we take that negative or that bitter lemon feeling and turn it into sweet, pure, amazing success. Let's get it. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a licensed specialist in school psychology, a nationally certified school psychologist, an associate and tenured professor, and a certified professional life coach. And this is the Now That's Life podcast. Now, while I want this podcast to be a helpful and also a great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. So I, of course, want to thank you guys for your support on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't always get to every comment, but I sure try to get to most of them. And even your emails have been so amazing and uplifting as you share your stories, make contact, and just let me know what's going on with your lives. And like I said, I'm not always able to respond, but I do usually read nearly everything. And that helps to guide and support what I bring to you guys, not only on the podcast, but with YouTube and almost you know, a million and following over there. Wow, you guys are growing the platform so much. Um, And in Instagram as well, I listen to you guys. So continue to communicate, continue to come on over to the platforms. I really do appreciate you. So, so many of you guys have been writing me about some similar themed things. And one of them has been rejection. And that's been from various people and things in your life. I've, I've gotten so many emails and heartfelt comments about rejection and how I've dealt with those things. And not only how I've dealt with them, but also just from a professional standpoint. Y'all know I love to give you my feedback on my life, but I love to support it with things. And, and also my experiences in working with clients with students and colleagues and like I said I too have been rejected several times I've told those stories to you guys heartfully uh, over several or heartfeltly one of those words (laughs) over the years I've really shared a lot of that with you guys and I do commend uh, the rejections I've been through and my strength through them, but that has to be built. You know, that has to be built. And I will say that my professional background has helped with that as well. But I also think my um, ability to be curious about the world and realize that I ain't gonna always win. And and some wins are not for me. It has, has really opened my eyes and helped me to understand and appreciate the dirty side of rejection because, you know, sometimes you learn over time that it just wasn't for you. So I want to share some of those things with you guys and be careful about 
not just instilling the feeling of rejection in you, but give you some healing pointers and factors that might help to boost your day to day life. But unfortunately, rejection is so real to all of us. All of us will experience it in some way, shape or form, whether we acknowledge it greatly or if we acknowledge it even more or we're just somewhere in the middle. No one has ever succeeded at things like love or even in life, period, without first facing some sort of rejection. You really can't understand down or up without the opposite. So always keep that in mind. Now, <laughs> with that said, even though we know it happens, it, it just doesn't make things easier. It's, it's great to know that there are so many people that have experienced rejection, but often when it happens to us, we feel the most alone, outcast and unwanted. We feel dirty almost and by ourselves in this world and like no one wants us and we might exaggerate that feeling but it's easy to feel that way especially when you experience a couple rejections in a row I can tell you it's just really rough but the definition of rejection that I'm coming from in this standpoint today is the dismissing or refusing of a proposal idea etc and that can also be the dismissing of the emotional piece of wanting a relationship with someone, with wanting a job, with wanting a family, a familial relationship, a closer, closer, I'm sorry, relationship there or with others. Um, and I think that the word dismissing adds to the pain and the sorrow there. It really is hard to be dismissed. And all in all, that's what rejection is or even seems like. So I posed a question to you guys over on the polls on my YouTube community wall. Now, make sure you join us there. If you ain't in there, you need to get in there. If you don't know now, you know. <laughs> so I asked the question, have you ever experienced rejection? And if so, in what way? Thousands of you in less than 24 hours responded. I literally put this up late last night and it's only midday the next day and you guys responded in thousands. Now, there were some comments as well, so I'm going to go through those, but I want to break down what the poll said. So again, that question was, have you ever experienced rejection? If so, in what way? So the first uh, or the highest on the poll was I was rejected by a romantic partner and or potential partner. That was 41%. So everyone's kind of had that love relationship that seems like we were either rejected from the beginning or even at the end. The next two highest ones, both at 21%, one was I was rejected by family. For example, mom, dad, siblings and or extended family. The next one was I was rejected by a job and or experience. Okay, the next highest one at 11% was I was rejected by friends and or co-workers and associates. And then at 6%, I have experienced rejection, but I'll explain more below. And this is where your comments came in. And so when you guys shared these comments and stories, I had to share a few of them today and I did ask that that was okay over on that poll um, when you guys share if you feel comfortable with that. So I'm going to read a few of these that I felt like applies to almost all of us. Many of us have experienced at least one of these things. And so that was why I picked these. There were so many great ones. Y'all make it so hard on me every time. But I wanted to read these because I think they will really relate to many of us. Either we can relate to all of them or maybe one of them or some of them. But I picked them just for that reason. 
I'm going to start with this comment by Sassy Shim Bunny, and I hope I said that right. But this was a longer comment, but I found so many nuggets in this one. I've been rejected by every mountain or molehill I've climbed, she says. I've learned that my parents are broken in their own way, and I'm stronger by understanding them from a distance. I've learned that the call can come from inside the house and trust is hard, but I use that pain to keep on moving. I put myself through school and got not one, but two of the first bachelor's degrees in my family that everyone told me I wouldn't, couldn't do. I got that dream job working for a big Fortune 500 company and also found the strength to walk away from what others told me was the chance of a lifetime. I'll decide what the chance of a lifetime is for myself. Thank you. <laughs> or thank y'all. I've been rejected all my life, but I choose to be the change I wish to see in the world. Strength is in the words of those who've climbed great depths. I appreciate what you're doing with so many others. Thank you for the space uh, to share in a positive light. I really enjoyed hers because I felt like I could see so many of us in that and also the lesson from rejection. I wanted you all to see it from another perspective there. The next one was by Traveling Boss. And they said, I was rejected by family because I reported sexual abuse to authorities in my family that was happening to children in my family. Simply had to move several times for safety reasons, rejected for truth and trying to protect innocent children. So again, that can be rejection or persecution, even for just telling the truth or being you. This next one from Lexis Chanel, I felt was really good because it shows how even rejections from our far past can affect our future. So Lexis says, I'm sure I was rejected more than once, but this particular incident affected me the most. In sixth grade, I was at Walmart with my mom and I saw a friend in the same aisle. So I excitedly waved and said hello, but she acted like she didn't know me honestly effed my whole little spirit up I tried to play it off like my feelings weren't hurt but deep down inside I was crushed and couldn't understand why she would do that as a 26 year old adult I'm just noticing that to this day I struggle with seeing people I know in public that one incident incident caused so much anxiety because I never knew how to deal with it and feared it would happen again and again, so I protect myself. I just stopped speaking to people unless they spoke to me first. And even then, it would be surprising to me. It's extremely frustrating how one little incident caused so much trauma and anxiety, but I'm learning to move past it now and I'm aware of what caused it. This is like a precursor to what I'm going to be talking about today, guys. Sometimes we don't even realize how deep our past is going into our future and how even small things that we learn as children affect us when it comes to rejection. These next ones are shorter, but just as impactful from Jazzy Jazriel, I, I think I said it right. <laughs> but every single option she stated, every single option that I had above that I talked about, guys, she says she's been rejected. She says, I'm completely alone in this world and it sucks. Now you're going to find a day that you're not alone, but I know how that feels. I definitely empathize with that. Brandy Seller says all of the above, but with each rejection, I received something bigger and better than my original desire. At a girl, I like that because with rejection, sometimes we find out that it just wasn't for us. 
Ruth Kohan says, I was rejected by my narcissist husband. Every time I would try to leave, he would change, quote unquote, for two weeks, then go back to himself. Then the cycle continued. Finally, I got off the wheel and I'm recently divorced. Well, congratulations to you. You seem happier now on this road. And first off, though, I do want to say I'm sorry that that happened to you, too. Um, I, I realize that rejection is still tough, even if it's something that's good for us. Realizing what's been going on and coming out of it can be difficult as well. Venetria said all of the above. So relating back to that poll, she's been rejected in all those ways. It created deep anxiety and insecurity in me for the longest. I became a professional people pleaser, wanting everyone to like me. I wouldn't open up socially and I constantly worried about being seen as weird. Thanks to therapy and persistent effort on my part, I've slowly chipped away at this insecurity. Benitria, thank you for normalizing therapy. Y'all know how I feel about that. I've often been open about a psychologist who go as you know, from the perspective of a psychologist who not only provides therapy or has, but also one who goes to therapy. I think it's essential. And you mentioned something important is dealing with our past through that and being able to relate with someone that is objective, like a therapist, um, not like a therapist, but a therapist. <laughs> then we have Shamiqua Feeling, feeling, I think I said that correct. Um, this is our last comment, but she says, I'm still dealing with the pain of rejection from whom I thought were friends. It is a daily battle. I pray about it a lot. It hurts. So you guys can see that these were so relatable. Everything from family to friendships to even rejection from self, from a divorce, from a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever it is, everyone sees rejection in their own way. And as I've shared for many years on YouTube, I've learned to build tough skin as it relates to rejection, but it doesn't mean it don't hurt. Y'all, I'm going to tell you that. I, I think I'm a tough cookie, but I'm also a sweet teddy bear and I'm an empath. You know, I feel like I can feel lots of different things. I can feel lots of energy and Believe it or not, I haven't really disclosed this, but believe it or not, as much as I'm a good at being a social butterfly, a lot of people that get close to me realize just how much I do enjoy just being alone, mainly because I pick up on the energies of people so heavily. I pick it up. I see what they don't even see. I also pick up on what they're putting down. You know, when people try to act slick and they try to make comments or be rude or do any of that, I take all that energy in. And so I choose to protect myself. That's why I got the episode, Protect Your Damn Energy. So make sure you go back and listen to that. Okay. Um, now I'm adopted. And for some, that was seen as the ultimate rejection. For me, it turned into my protection. I do believe that. I do believe that being adopted has been hard for some. And I do understand where that comes from. Some of us long to understand where we're from and, and, and who we belong to and all of that. But, you know, my mother was always so open about my adoption. I was blessed in that way. And I think for those that have not had that openness, it's even harder to find out who you are and identify in this world. And so I always urge people who have similar experiences or who have been abandoned, quote unquote, by parents, not just adoption, but just outright abandonment. I suggest creating your own identity identity and sticking with that through learning about the world, learning about your experiences, accepting the ups and the downs and allowing yourself to feel that. But also, um, 
In the past, I've been rejected by love interests, jobs, and so-called friends, more of that. I've shared a lot of those stories, but I've learned this thought, and I've learned it from a book that I read a long time ago. Rejection is God's protection, or rejection is often God's protection. So I've learned to see that things are not just a no, but perhaps a not now or a not for you. Okay. And when you start to accept life like that, then it helps. And that thick skin doesn't stop all the pain. I'm not saying that, but standing up and moving forward in the face of rejection can help things sting a lot less. So when it happens, getting back up again and trying again is actually what you need for yourself, believe it or not. Why? Because when you get used to that sting, you kind of expect it. And, and, and that's not a sad reality. It just means that when it comes, you'll be less harmed by it. If you live in a world where, where you're always protected and never rejected, how will you handle your first rejection? The more you have rejection, not saying you should just go looking for it and asking people to reject you, but I'm saying the more it naturally occurs and you allow yourself to feel that, the less it stings as you get older and as you have more experiences and as you go through more things. Now, therapy has also been an amazing tool to sort through why rejection has been taken so hard. Okay. I think a lot of times we don't consider what is the root uh, root cause of why we continue to replay that rejection, why we've allowed it to rule our lives? It's a lot of things that happen in our youth, um, in our earlier days, in our dating lives, in our family lives that really do affect the way we take that rejection and why we take it so hard. So therapy really helps sort through that. Now, I'm going to tell y'all. With a job, one thing that happened to me, it was interesting. One of the first jobs I applied for uh, before graduating from grad school actually denied me. And I won't say what this university name was, but they did. And ever so eloquently, right after my interview, sent me a letter that said, you know, they chose another candidate. Would you believe it or not that as the school year started, they tried to rescind that. They tried to have me come back. They found a way to create a position for me because they said they wanted me that much. And you know how much of a boost in confidence and self-esteem that was. But you know what was a bigger boost in confidence and self-esteem was the fact that I was able to move on. I was able to move on, create a new reality without that. I didn't glamorize that job in my head. I realized that it was a part of my career path and rejection would come. And I had moved on and I was able to say, no, thank you. With grace, not with anger, not with bitterness, but more of a feeling of, you know what? I've moved on and I've created in that short time a new path for myself. And I'm happy with that. The same thing has happened in a relationship I had in the past where I was cheated on very badly by a person who, of course, said they loved me. Um, I've shared this story before. <laughs> I shared this a long time ago. But, you know, and never in anger. And I that's why I usually don't share stories with you all until I've really moved past them. Uh, and not only moved past them, but dealt with the feelings associated with them. But basically, I can talk about this while laughing because, you know, this person cheated. And one of the things that was said was, it happens to all of us. Basically, deal with it. You know, if we're going to stay together, you're going to have to deal with it. And it was like... No remorse, no want to, you know, assist or, or counsel or nothing. Um, and moving on from that was one of the best things I could have ever done because what I got to do was look back at that relationship and realize it never was for me. It would have held me back anyway. 
It wasn't anything that I think was quote unquote God ordained or anything that was special about it. Um, And I had to really say to myself, was this so bad? It's okay to move on. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do for yourself, for your life. Perhaps this frees you up to be even better, to be even more, to work on yourself. And that's what I mean there. So I hope you guys are enjoying this show. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to start that healing process and move past the rejection. It's real. Even though it's a down, it can definitely be turned into an up. But first, we're going to have a quick break. Now, y'all, we are back and I want to dive right into the ways for us to start to heal from rejection, get that healing process on the road. And I'm not here to glamorize it or make it seem like it's going to be easy because it's not. But I'm definitely going to use something to guide me. It's a framework featured on psychalive.com, basically talking about the ways that we can delve into healing, healing from the stinging power of rejection. So let's jump right in. And that's on psychalive.com again. So the first thing is shifting your perspective, shifting that perspective, because it's not always about what you did wrong. There's so many different factors in this thing. And if you have a fixed mindset, it can leave you feeling stuck, toxic and bitter and feeling like a victim. And what I mean by a fixed mindset is a mindset that's not flexible in any way. It's not growth minded. It's not realizing that all the good and the bad opportunities in life or things that happen to us are meant to shape our lives in some way, shape or form, whether for the positive or the negative, but they all come together for our good. People with a growth mindset, however, recover emotionally from a breakup or a loss of things much more quickly, even if it's a rejection from a job, from a family member, any of that, because they realize that literally it's like the circle of life. I'm not saying we own the Lion King, but definitely it is the circle of life. It's a part of life. Now, we have to practice and embrace the idea that life is flexible and that losses often offer us opportunities to do something else or show ourselves what we are made of. So if we stay a literal stick in the mud or bitter because of a rejection, we deprive ourselves of any learning lessons and any chances to grow. The next thing is that we should learn to pay attention to what is called our inner critic, our inner critic. Now, according to Dr. Robert and Dr. Lisa Firestone, we are all human and we're flawed and most likely to have real things we want to work on within ourselves. But The voice that comes into our heads, that comes and tell us what we cannot do and what we failed at and reminds us of all those negative things, they are not conductive to real change. They're not going to lead us to real change. Yes, you can use that little voice for a little while to help push you on and help you decide on what to do next, but not to sit and just listen to it consistently and perpetually tell you how negative you are and what negative things are to come because of any negativity that you've experienced, more specifically rejection. But it perpetuates a cycle of self-destructive thinking, sometimes followed by self-limiting or self-destructive actions too. So because we've limited ourselves and because we say, this is all I'm going to get if I'm rejected. Let's say, let's give you an example. Let's say in a relationship, you're rejected by someone and you've put them on a pedestal. And then the next person comes around just smiling and you don't know anything about them, but your standards are now so low because you figure you need to take whatever you can get now because you put this other person on a pedestal and you've not dealt with the rejection or why the relationship actually ended. Now you 
become possibly self-destructive. You could start to engage in things with that person prematurely or become attached to them prematurely because of what has happened to you in the past. So that inner voice is very strong. So when we have to deal with a breakup, we can feel a lot stronger and a lot better able to move on when we're on our own side. You can't just listen to that critical inner, critical inner voice. You need to listen to the positives and the negatives. This is something I often tell people is that just as much as something can happen that's bad, is just the same probability you have of it being good. Somehow we forget that. Somehow we only focus on the bad. And we have to learn to move on from that. Not only move on from that, but at least equally consider all of the options for us. Because we might start to engage in self-destructive behavior in order to help us feel better about what's negative. And that's not realistic. Also, we have to practice knowing the difference between the critical inner voice and actually a voice in our head that's helping us be more discerning to make better decisions, but to also kindly remind us of things that have happened to us in the past. That critical inner voice is only going to focus on the negatives. So we have to learn to balance that. The next thing is don't look back with only rose colored glasses. I think we've all done this one, but sometimes when we feel rejected, even when we feel anger at that other person or the situation that occurred, we're often on some level more willing to tear ourselves apart while building up the one who's rejecting us. And that could be a job entity, that can be a romantic partner, that could be a family member. And we've all been there, right? So you get rejected by something and you're like, oh my God, that could have been the best thing in my life. That could have been the best thing in my world. All the while not knowing that it's a bomb that's about to go off. And literally, I mean that the person that you're lusting after that you don't even know that denied you or uh, said something negative to you or decided not to be with you. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're made of. Your family member who's rejecting you, you don't know what you could be protected from, from being rejected from them. They might know they're insignificant in most people's lives or that they are not consistent or that they are not worth much. And, and I'm not saying that to tear people down, but what I'm saying is sometimes people are telling us where they should fit in our lives. We need to allow that. If someone rejects you, sometimes it's not about you or most times it's not about you. It's about the individual decisions that they're making and that might be protecting you. So you have to look at the situation for what it is and not for what you were hoping for. It helps to put it in perspective. So that relationship you thought you wanted, you might just be romanticizing someone who cannot add up to what it is you think they can. And they may know that and that might be why they're stepping away from the situation. The next thing is practice some compassion to yourself. In a University of Arizona study, researcher David Sabara discovered that most people or that people who'd gotten divorced in this study but had a high level of self-compassion reported fewer intrusive negative thoughts, fewer bad dreams about the divorce and less negative rumination. His findings led him to conclude that if you pick all the variables that predict how people will do after their marriage ends, self-compassion really carries the day. So even with them, if they had a more positive attitude towards the, the situation, didn't victimize themselves, dealt with their feelings and issues and had a more positive perspective, they felt better about the divorce. 
If that's not powerful in research, I, I, I don't know what is. So self-compassion as defined by lead researcher and author of self-compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff involves three key elements. And these elements I really do love. So self-kindness versus self-judgment. Treat yourself like you would a friend. A lot of times we don't even give ourselves friend treatment. We will be so kind to someone who messes up or has a rejection or has an issue when we're giving them advice. But when it comes to us, we beat ourselves down. Start being a friend to yourself. Common humanity versus isolation. No one is alone in their struggle. And that's even when we do feel alone at times. All humans suffer, guys. Newsflash. All humans suffer. And most have experienced a lot of rejection. Remembering this connection helps us to avoid feeling that we're somehow different or fully isolated from everyone else. The last one of these is mindfulness versus over-identification. Now, mindfulness, I've taught you guys about in the past or brought it up, but it's a practice of focusing our awareness on the present moment, learning to sit with a thought or experience without judgment as well. So this can or this mindfulness can help us to avoid over identifying with any painful thoughts and feelings that arise, because sometimes what we do is we overemphasize the negativity that we felt due to the rejection. So we keep replaying it putting ourselves further in a painful hole. Now, what we can learn from self-compassion is that it teaches us that we can be a friend to ourselves when we go through rejection. More specifically, it helps you to be honest about the situation while maintaining kindness and understanding to yourself. And the key here is honesty. It's okay to be honest with yourself about how you may have helped lead to the rejection, but it's not always all your fault. Unless you deliberately, you know, messed something up or uh, deliberately did something to cause the demise of a situation, you cannot blame everything on yourself. Now, allow yourself to feel the pain and don't avoid it. So with that said, (laughs) you still have to go through the pain, guys. You don't become better by avoiding pain. Pain is what teaches us. Pain is what teaches us, again, what the up is. I'm not saying wallow in pain, but I'm saying learn from what you do experience. If it's too much, you definitely need to seek therapy so you have a good voice of reason. And it's also good to have a mentor, a mentor, someone who's been through what you've been through. I always say it's great to seek therapy. That's a wonderful thing. And I think that that's a big compliment to everything else that you do. But let's say, for instance, you've gone through a divorce. It may be good to talk to a person who's level-headed. I'm not talking about the bitter, messed up person who comes out, you know, negatively in the situation. But a person that seems to be well-adjusted who can maybe be very honest with you about their experience and what they still experience to this day just to help give you some insight and to be there for you. It's great to know that as a human being, we don't just have to be alone and that there's others just like us. But you also have to avoid a victimized mindset. And while we should continuously embrace the the practice of any self-compassion that we've discussed earlier, we should recognize that this is very different from feeling or acting victimized. The next thing is embrace your individuality and your experiences. You want to look for new parts of you, but remember that maintaining old connections that matter to you show us that we have a whole life outside of whatever rejection has happened to us and that life does go on. 
You know, the birds are still going to chirp in the morning. The sun usually still comes out. You might see a moon. Life still goes on. And I think when you realize that, that's such an impactful thing. I think we sometimes just roll through life and we're not in tune with what's happening around us. I think the first time I went through a breakup, I literally woke up one day and was like, I still got to, you know, go to work. I still got to dress myself, still got to feed myself. Life truly does go on. It's not over. <laughs> I have more chances to make the connections and do the things that I want to do. And now that we're talking about connections, you want to make connections with your past. Did you have a poor attachment style growing up? Did you blame yourself for everything that goes wrong in your life? And with these experiences, we may have partners that are less available or more rejecting to us, meaning that we may be setting ourselves up for our own reality by trying to follow similar patterns from our past. And we might be unaware of that. And a form of that is self-fulfilling prophecy. That's a form of that anyway. Um, but with therapy, that really comes in handy in this situation because you can review those past experiences for what they were, work through them, and hopefully move forward in a very helpful and healthy way. Well, that's it for today, guys. I want you to stay tuned for more and make sure that you subscribe so that you know when I post my next episode. Make sure you sign up for my free e-newsletter at DrNinaEllisHervey.com. And like I said, you'll receive a free eight-day supernatural video course, which is the way I live my life and teach others to live their lives to get the best out of life. Okay, you can also find me all over on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll or Dr. Nina. And again, I want to say thank you to you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for responding and, and sitting your love and your compassion and your caring notes and, and your thoughts on things and life. I love to see you flourish. I love to see you grow. Now, until next time, Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.